morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Me, Mo. Yeah, and we've got a special guest today. Oh, yeah. Ade. Not very special, but yeah, I'm here. <laughs> All right, how's everyone doing this week? Bad. Yeah, do you know what it is? Yeah? <laughs> I, I work in a school, so I just enjoyed six weeks of bliss. I'm a star's work yet. Today was my first day. Yeah, I was going to say, school went, they resumed. That's school school started. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I went in from last week. Oh, but um, kids please, please. <laughs> and how long are we going in for? This guy. Don't, don't, don't. You know what? Like, okay, you know what? Last week was a dust. I'm not gonna lie. Last week was a dust. The only day, yo, yo, yo. The only day that I actually went in, like, this is gonna sound so bad. The only day that I actually went in on time was Friday. <laughs> like, the other, the other three days, it was just yeah. But the first two days was pointless. The second, the last two days had some purpose to it, but yeah, it's long. See the way he, he, he tries to explain his absence and his lateness. It's just there's, there's, there's a reason. Behind. As he was talking, I was trying to think back to that podcast on time, and time. I was like, was it Mo? That was <laughs> yeah, was, it was, it was, it was, it was Do you know what? Yeah, as I said, I always see it as in an organization, you as an individual, you are disposable and you are replaceable. No, no, unless... That's that you have to be. No, no, no. Because no, 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 you live up to that. Because, <laughs> because essentially, you're fulfilling the job description. If you're not there, someone else is going to fulfill that job description. But then if, now, you, do, if you do it... Okay, so... If now, it might be a point, case yeah. of no one can quite do it as well as you. Yeah. Or you bring a certain... Which you will do. You bring a certain flavour into the workplace. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're to leave, they will find someone to replace you. As as all things, if you... God forbid, I'm not using you as an example. If the husband Better. decides to leave and die, the wife can get me married. Unless it like, decides to leave and die. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Die. You know, you like, know in the immortal words of Beyonce, why don't you replace her? Like, as you're talking, that song goes in Everybody is, nobody's irreplaceable. To the left, mate. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but just because you are replaceable doesn't mean you have to act replaceable. No, do you, do you know what it is? Because, because We're trying to justify them. No, no, I'm not, I'm not. It's a case of, how did we go from how's your week been to me just <laughs> about my But um, that, it's a case of um, when it when it comes to something I'm passionate about, I'll always be there on time. So when it comes to um, photography, I'm there on time. But then whatever our hands find to do, we should do it to God's glory. We should do it to God's glory. And so we should do it with our you, passion. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't you be passionate mm. about the job that allows you to keep a roof mm-hmm. over your head? Mm. Do you know what it is? It's a case <laughs> of... Leia, Leia, Leia. Just behave yourself. Thank you. Um, I find it hard to be passionate about something if I can't find meaning in it. We need your, your paying the bills. So basically my meaning is financial. Your meaning is the family. No, the meaning is financial for the family's sake, and I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live chasing the payslip to be able to serve the family. I want I want to do something that I'm passionate about, and money being a side like a, um, a side. Not being the main concern. Not being the main concern. And as much as I completely understand that, that's not the situation right that's now. Not the, that's not the situation, and it is a case of today. I made a conscious effort to get there on time, <laughs> even though my friends. See how proud. Trust me. <laughs> like, and this this. In all honesty, yeah, this is what really irks me. I'm going to use that word, irks me, yeah? Like, I make a conscious effort to get to work on time. I didn't have breakfast. I left. I was power walking to the station. I got to the station on time. 
just to see my train delayed. Cancelled. And oh. it's it, it's like it's delayed to the next one yeah. that I would normally catch and get there just in time. And it's a case of every time that I do consciously make the effort to get there on time, something it's goes consistently wrong. something goes wrong and makes me late. But whenever I get there late, everything's fine. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you should live, live that life. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a demotivating kind of thing. It's like, okay, I actually made the effort. Things went wrong. You know, I might as well play for it and then just get there so, just about on time. Because it's so, the case so of... Because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm normally late. Because I'm normally late. Now that I tried to be early and I get there late, I can't be like, yo, I actually tried today and it flopped. Maybe like, ah, oh, whatever. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, bunny. I might as well just live to that. But you know, I, I found, I read somewhere, this is a while ago, um, that success isn't about doing what you like, but it's about learning to like what you have to do. And for now, I think, you know, in, in as much as the Bible says, whatever our hands find to do, whatever we're doing, you know, whether or not there is points to it or not, if that's what we have to do for now, I think it's just about getting on with it and getting on with it with all diligence. Because mm. even in doing that, and I think that's probably what we're going to talk about, you are displaying God's image. Mm-hmm. You are representing God. It's hard to take you seriously if, you know, I hear wisdom coming from you. I hear you speaking truth but then I see you coming in late mm. you know like it's, it's, it's hard it's be consistent mm. that's not what we're talking about today oh my bad <laughs> <laughs> sorry you know, let, 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 me, let me let you introduce it. try to, try to t- 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 take <laughs> over my role you know <laughs> <laughs> what kind of news for you <laughs> alright anyway quick story time so my pastor's back from this America this is story time attack <laughs> <laughs> So my pastors are back from America. You know everybody else hasn't said how they reach for this. Oh, <laughs> Alright guys. Oh, yeah, cool. I, I, I let's, let's just skip everybody else. Let's uh, just skip everybody else. Let's go. Cool. Alright, Peter, how's the reach? You just send shots at me. <laughs> you send shots at me and then you skip everybody else. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, it's cool. Well you were the one to answer first, didn't it? So it's cool, with it? <laughs> my my day's been long actually. I've been stuck behind a computer for about eight hours just Editing away like no one's business, and I'm not even finished yet, so yeah. I'm just tired. Yeah, that's the light. What about yourself, Adi? It's been a chilling day, not done much. I had an interview, but other than that, didn't really do anything. Yeah. the best with that, man. Yeah, yeah that was just a, a mentoring, a coaching, career coaching, mentoring kind of role. Okay, oh, nice. So, will you be the career coach? Or? Yeah, yeah, for like just 14 year olds, like, yeah, ages. From like eleven to fourteen. You know what? You just, I'm not sure if you're just trying to sound modest, but like that is actually like a very needed role. Oh yeah, no, that's that's one of the reasons why like I was drawn to it. Mm. So I found like a leaflet in my house <laughs> that I had from months ago that I was prepared to throw away, and someone just said to me, "Wait, let me actually just read it." Mm. So I checked it out. And it's for a company called Future Frontier. Mm. And they basically, they set up, they have a program where they get students in university to go in for eight weeks to mentor about two kids and um, just talk to them about like career opportunities, yeah. get them kind of thinking, okay, what you're doing now can actually have an effect on what you're going to be doing mm. in, you know, 10 years plus or whatever. So I'm just kind of trying to get their mindset right because mm. I know for sure, like, me and Rob went to the same school and we didn't have nothing like that in the mm-hmm. Like, so just to be able to go back and be able to kind of get people's mindset right, especially in the time that we are now, like, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of madness going on yeah. in the world. Yeah. So, hey, you know Mr. Wilson's head teacher now? Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, Mr. Mr. Wilson. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> Is that from Dennis the Menace? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Wilson. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, and no, I think he, Miss, Miss Maloney left like two, three years ago. Oh, he did this time, fam. Yeah. <laughs> How's your week, man? Um, it's been good. It's been good. Chasing babes, yeah? No, I haven't. As oh, sweet well. up! As always. <laughs> Man, said, no, I haven't. You know like, what, yeah? It's an achievement. Fam, the, the, uh, the actual lack of babes in my life. It's hurting you now, yeah? It's not even hurting me. I doubt it. I doubt it. His lack of babes is probably like, I'm talking to like two babes this week. <laughs> I'm not talking to you, talking to any babes <laughs> of my life. But yeah, I just <laughs> No, honestly. You know what I was? Oh, these lack of babes just. I'm down to bare minimums out here. I'm just talking to three. Three, four, five, yeah, that's what I do. No, I'm just oh, No, but I've been. I've been making a conscious effort, a conscious effort to, like, try and be a bit more, get into my relationship with God more, and the more I do that, the less time you have for babies. You know, it's not the less time I have for babies, the the the, the less babies that seem to be yeah. in my life. Oh, hey. Yeah, you know what? That, that is actually worrying. <laughs> the closer you get to God, the yeah. less time babes has for you. I'm like, okay. Oh no, 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 no. The, it's the, the less babes that, that are available. No, that, that are coming. That, that they're, just, they're just not messaging me anymore. So maybe God's protecting That's what I'm saying. God's got the wrong kind of babes. <laughs> actually, what we're talking about it, or about the situation, I'll share it later. Right. Um, anyway. Hi, Leo. Yeah, it's been interesting. Anyway, so, story time. Right. My pastors back from America mm. they were gone for like five weeks because they have to go back every two two years to renew their green card otherwise they're not Americans anymore yes they came back <laughs> no, no Trump will go I'm <laughs> not getting them back in <laughs> they came back and, and, and it just felt like bad guys were coming back to church this week after like like a hiatus mm. and one of the people that came back was Kaden I Kaden Kaylin's one of my... She's in my worship team. Oh, it's the babe. Sorry, but Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the babes that was liking your poem on Facebook? Yeah. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so last week she was at Soul Survivor. Okay. And for those who don't know, Soul Survivor is like this big outdoor, like, church... Mm. Camping okay. experience. Yeah. I don't know why I started thinking about uh, Destiny's Child. Um, no, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a really good time. They have they have they, they have like four different weeks. Mm-hmm. And you can just go for a week camp, it's just like a big tent where they have like hold like worship sessions, and it's a really good time. But one thing that that really irks me about these kind of things is people will come back and be like, you know, I went out there and I really felt God's presence, and and then you're like, you know. Why does that hurt you though? Because some people are genuine with it. Some people are just... <laughs> they just go along with the hype. Uh, <laughs> and like, not to be judgmental, but... sense that it's not genuine though? You can just tell by the way they... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're two weeks after this, back in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just back in the sin. And then, like... I find it interesting how people only have these experiences of God's presence when they're at these big events or they're at these conventions or at these Christian events. Mm. But then all, all this other time, you never hear anything about you never hear anything about them being in God's presence. Okay. If you ask them about whether they've been in God's presence, they'll be like Soup. Yeah. Oh, I prayed for five minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even trying to mock you guys I prayed for five minutes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm fully not. Because sometimes I struggle to pray for five My minutes. My praying is actually yeah. hard sometimes. Um, but so I guess the first question is when do you know Okay, so at these like big conferences, mm. even even in church, mm. how do you know when people are in God's presence and when people are just 
going along with the hype of everyone else? Well, because uh, I'll speak for myself. Where two or three are gathered, God's presence is there. It's it's guaranteed by the fact that you are gathered in His name. Okay. So I'd even I'd, I'd say in those situations, you're almost guaranteed that God's presence is there. Whereas if I'm just chilling on my own, you know, trying to pray, can I interject? Stuff. Yeah, go on. In terms of, because you get that pass, you get that quote from Matthew eighteen. Mm. Now Matthew eighteen, if you read it in context, Jeez. where it says where two or three are gathered, it's revenge. I'm gas. I'm gas. It's a it's a it's a Bible passage that a lot of people state, mm. and we've looked at, and it's been that like, I've looked at. And there's been like a lot of talk around it, and I'm just yeah. like, all right, cool. It's one of the misconceptions that I'm like, all right, let's try address it. Yeah. And it speaks when it says we're two or three are gathered. It's speaking directly with church discipline. Okay. So it says, um, is it Matthew 18? Because further along it says, if you're um, right after after it says that, it says. Um, if you if you have a issue with your brother, mm. um, go and then settle it. Go and settle with him. Yeah. If he doesn't listen, take one or two with you. If he yeah. still doesn't listen, yeah. go to the church. Mm. And um, if he still doesn't listen, treat him as like a heathen, yeah. knowing that I am with you when you're making this decision. Mm. So it's following on the same train of thought. Yeah. When it says where two or three are gathered, so it's, it's speaking about passing, like passing judgment on people's behaviors within the church. Where two or three are standing together, passing that judgment, in all honesty and sincerity, mm-hmm. Jesus is there with them. Matthew eighteen twenty. Can just get up quickly. So that's in terms of the whole, the full context. Nope. In terms of the full context, it follows that same passage. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there is the understanding that where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. But it was also speaking directly in relation to passing judgment on someone's actions within the church. Mm. Yeah, that's how I would accept the church. I think I maybe maybe asked a question too quickly, or I, I skipped a question. So I guess the first question is, what does being in God's what what is God's presence to you guys? What does it mean to be in in God's presence? Hmm. Um, again, I'll, I'll kind of make reference to what Peter said. The Bible says that God is omnipresent. So according to the Word. God's presence is here whether you recognise it or not. And it's a case of um, it's a case of not necessarily his manifest tangible presence is here, but God being God, he is everywhere. Uh-huh. So there is a sense of God is here, whether or not we feel him. So it's, so 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 what are people talking about when they say that they felt God's presence? So when they're saying they felt God's presence, that means they felt um, from my understanding of it anyways they felt a manifested tangibility or sense of the weight of his weight mm. so of his glory manifested within there so people might say oh we felt God's Shekinah glory or we felt God's glory come down or we felt God's presence however they might want to describe it is um, from my understanding of it and my exposure to it from different people she's taking your wallet <laughs> she's going to open it and take out your card typical woman <laughs> Yeah. Like a typical woman. <laughs> she's got what she wants. Why are you trying to snitch though? She's got what she wants now. She's got your oyster card. You ain't got nowhere. Yeah? So, um. Huh? She ain't letting you have it. No, you can have this one. Come, let's swap. 
present. So um, a description, biblical description, mm-hmm. would be um, one or two that I can actually think about now is when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and then he saw the dove come down. He was exper- he was experiencing the presence of God, the Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove, landing on thing. Um, he was experiencing the presence of God. Um, Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, John, James, where they saw Jesus changed into that blinding light, speaking to um, Elijah and Moses, and Moses, if I'm not mistaken. And he was, they were telling him about what was about to happen. They felt the weight and they heard God's voice. And these are all examples of God's presence. Like people coming into God's presence. Mm-hmm. Biblically, there are more. So even when Moses goes into the tabernacle with uh, Joshua, mm-hmm. God's presence was there. When the cloud settles down onto it, these are all God's presence coming down. So biblically, it is correct that yes, even though God's presence is everywhere, there are manifest times when God descends, like the weight of His presence descends. So even on Mount Sinai, when um, Abraham, uh, when this is separate, when Abraham gets put into a deep sleep and then God comes and makes a covenant with him, his manifested presence again. Mm. <clears throat> so there are times like that. And from my experience, there is a sense of... There is a sense of like a weight which comes upon you that is kind of different from the atmosphere that you were in before. So we were in just a normal atmosphere and then as you're worshipping, as you're praying, or as you're doing whatever, there's like a weight that comes upon you. And you can kind of sense that, depends on your prayer life and stuff, it might, it might be new to you, or it might be foreign. But there's, there's, there's like a, you feel that there's a, cert, there's a certain presence there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weighty, like the weight of God's glory is there. And it's, it, it's difficult to describe because I feel like, I'm trying to put into words the supernatural and you, you can't really do that because it's supernatural and words can't really do it justice let alone speaking about the presence of God but um, it's a sort of weightiness um, and depending on what the situation is will kind of determine how it actually affects you so if, if it's a case of in Paul when he was going to Damascus he felt the blinding light the manifest presence it was directed towards him so he heard a tangible voice and he was confronted with his sin and as he was confronted with his sin he turned blind so there could be a case of God is confronting you with your sin so you feel a sense of conviction God might be showering you with his love so you feel a sense of overwhelming overwhelming love you know just like raw like I'm really loved and depends on the situation it can kind of manifest in slightly different um I, I want to say emotions, but I don't think that's the right word. Well, that's how you feel, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, um, it all kind of depends on what God is doing at that time as to how it presents itself to you. But it's always kind of associated, well, not always, but there's like a weight which befalls you. And yeah, mm. that's, that's from my experience anyways. If someone has something slightly different or can put it a bit better. What about you, Adi? Uh, just a point to, add to what he said. So I I remember like going through one of my Bible studies and it mentioned that in Hebrew the word for face and presence are the same. Okay. So um 
And this was in context with uh, Psalms chapter 27. And the verse that it specifically relates to is verse 7. No, sorry, verse 8 and 9. And it says, um, you have said, seek my face. That's God speaking. Uh, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And obviously, so in him seeking God's presence, he's therefore seeking his face like he's trying to... So I think kind of links into what Mo was saying, the fact that the presence of God comes with a different kind of feeling than that of your normal, everyday feelings. Like, so if I'm seeking God's face, like you can't describe God's face. Like, we don't know what God looks like. Mm. So it's like it's a different kind of level. Like There's, there's no way to describe it. It's just a... Just a thing that you get, kind of. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Peter, um, can I go a bit matrix? <laughs> um, because for me, uh, I think my understanding of God's presence comes from that that idea that's I think very well illustrated in the Matrix movie series. So I don't know if you've seen the Matrix before, but it's literally like. <laughs> The premise of the Matrix is the entire world is a simulation and people are just energy sources plugged into the simulation to keep them living and there's a machine world that actually you know has these people stored in like batteries or whatever and yeah if you if you're enlightened then you get to see the Matrix for what it is just a computer program if you're woke um, now the reason I like it as apart from it being written by a Christian um, is the fact that when Christ died and the veil was torn, mm-hmm. the veil represented that separation between uh, the world and the Holy of Holies or, or everyone else and God's presence. Because God's presence inhabited the Holy of Holies, um, as, as uh, Mo talked about, Moses and the uh, tabernacle, uh, the tabernacle you said, with Joseph. With Joshua. Yeah. Um, but when that veil was torn, I feel it represented that separation being removed by the sacrifice of Christ mm. so that now God's presence is accessible to all not just the ironic priesthood or not this ironic line of priests but to everyone who takes his name because we are now also kings and priests so um, for me God's presence is as has been said omnipresent he's everywhere we become aware of it when we are in tune or when we walk in the spirit if, if I'm to use those terms so when when you are in tune with what it, what God is saying with the Holy Spirit's promptings then you're aware of God's presence but it's something that once you've received Christ in your heart you are a carrier of God's presence and you are always surrounded by God he's always around you just get the opportunity to be made aware of it and that can be made manifest in that weighty feeling in your eyes being opened to use biblical terms again so you think of Elisha and his servant and mm-hmm. God opened his eyes to see a fiery host mm-hmm. you know a fiery um, um, <laughs> I don't know what word that was um, a fiery uh, army surrounding them to protect them you know that was just God opening his eyes to see what was already there to mm-hmm. see his presence so I think for me the presence is omnipresent it's everywhere mm-hmm. we are just made aware of it in those moments where we are walking in spirit which should be all the time but isn't um, and and when the Holy Spirit points out to us mm-hmm. his presence then we, it's made manifest so we're made aware of it I want to add to what Peter said as well I was actually thinking about this just before Peter said it um, I'm reminded of Job when he was complaining to God 
And yeah. when God finally like revealed himself to him, his response was that you were here and I, I, di- I didn't know that you were here. Mm. So it's, it, it's exactly that where it's like his presence is omnipresent, his presence is always there until yeah. we're made privy of that presence, yeah. until we're made privy of that. Um, Isaiah says, the whole earth is filled of his glory. Yeah. And it, it, th- there is that truth that like right now and everywhere that we are, his presence is there tangibly. But as Peter, Peter was saying, we don't necessarily walk in the spirit and we're not at all the times as sensitive as sometimes we ought to be. And when God makes us privy of that and of his presence, then things kind of shift. <coughs> what about yourself? Um, I think again, like Peter was saying, it's, it's, all, it's about... The tapping, Matrix. Yeah, Sorry. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> just like tapping into what is all year around us. Yeah. And just, like you were saying, being aware of, 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 of what's around us and... Mm. And then just being having like a sense of awe at, at what is around us. It's, it's all about what's around us, isn't it? Yeah. Which is yeah. God, because God is around us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so it would be so dope, yeah, if Jesus came like Morpheus, the bleeper. What? Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Which one should I take? Um, so do you think that God's presence feels different in a gospel setting? as compared to like a secular setting? No. I'll say no. Because God is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. Mm. He mm. he doesn't change. Mm. So his presence will feel the same. The way we react to it might be differently. Mm. Or the way that we sense it might be different. But his presence in and of itself is never, is never different. God won't feel a certain way and then manifest himself. Well, he manifests himself progressively differently. But in terms of his presence, I don't believe his presence is different. I believe we might sense it differently. So for some people, they might hear, or they might, kind of sound schizophrenic, but you might hear a voice, you might hear, like, someone saying something to you. Another time, you might smell something. Like, another time, you might feel something running across the bridge of your nose. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you might, he might open your eyes to see something. So he's showing you the manifestations of his presence differently. But the presence itself, I never believe. I don't believe it changes mm-hmm. because God never casts a shift in shadow. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was going to ask. So, with reference to Matthew eighteen, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, how does that then negate that common idea? Because the common idea when we say where two or three are gathered mm-hmm. in His name, He is there, is when we gather in His name. There's that corporate worship or corporate mm-hmm. um all of us engaging mm-hmm. um with the revelation that you put you presented mm-hmm. how does that negate that idea i don't necessarily believe in negates it right. because um the bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people mm-hmm. so there is a manif- there is again a manifest um presence there mm-hmm. i believe that if as a church you truly worship god mm-hmm. you will sense his presence yeah um, so there is that sense of and even not just as the church if you as an individual truly worship God within your own bedroom or whatever I believe that you will feel his presence mm-hmm. I'm not saying if you don't you're not truly worshipping him but um, I do believe you'll feel his presence I do believe where he's, he's within us and we're within him and he follows us so <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm lucky to have so I don't believe in the gates it per se I just believe the emphasis of that um, scripture and text within itself mm. was more in lines with church discipline mm. rather than just his manifest presence. Mm. Um, so how, how so? Because it's... Like how it, does that pertain to church discipline? Because that's what the, te- that's what the text presents. Mm. So the text presents where two or three are gathered and they're in your midst and then it follows on to say if this and that. So it's the case of 
as the so boy. So in case of because I am there in your midst, you have to no, follow this. No, no, as in like be aware that I am here, and so obey, like, not obey these rules, but kind of like pay attention. It's to okay. I, I see it more from the perspective of as you make these judgments within me and in my presence, these judgments hold fast, and it's like I am here with you as you make these judgments. Right. So it's a case of okay. if okay. this person does, if as a church mm. you agree like this person isn't in the right and he needs to go, I am here with you as you make that. So I'm not necessarily chastising you for making that. I'm here in support of that decision as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. So where's your counter argument, Peter? No, it wasn't a counter argument. I was looking for just to understand. Okay. 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 Mm. okay. See, this you this don't have to. Counter argument. You don't have to. You just want shots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I just want to make sure that whatever, whatever anyone's saying is complete. They can stand up against the fire. The and this, this, this is the thing. Listeners, if you don't agree, if you've got some heretical theology, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't agree, seriously, just drop a comment and then we can try have a discussion. Yeah. Possibly even like get you involved and try to... Uh, a little church discipline type thing or something like that. Like, <laughs> afterwards, excommunicate you from the first time, Joe. Yeah. What, what I was going to say in response to whether or not God would feel different, I think God's not human. We are based on Him. Mm-hmm. But God, like the Spirit can be grieved. Mm-hmm. Like the Spirit, not to say feel emotion, I see your struggle with using that word, mm-hmm. but the Spirit can be grieved. God can be upset. God can, you know, uh, be incensed against people. So I think. When you're aware of God's presence and you're in a place, say for instance, you're at an orgy <laughs> and you're suddenly made aware of God's presence. I don't think what? I don't think I don't think it would be I don't think you will feel God happy in those moments. Yeah. If that makes sense. You would feel um you would feel the spirit grieving or you'd feel uh, a grievance and uh, So I don't think God will take that time to make you feel how much he loves you. Uh, no, when you're made aware of his presence in that sense like I think you're most often than not you're made aware of how he's uh, I can't say this actually sweepingly but if you're made aware of how he's feeling in that time or how he's feeling in those moments and I say that from personal experience where I've been in places where you know like there's one place I've said I, it before I hope it's not wishes. no 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 <laughs> Unfortunately, before I was saved, unfortunately, before I was saved, I never had that. I, had, I never had that experience. Unfortunately, now it's not. Now it's not a possibility. But you know, back like then, it was when it was. Nah, I'm joking. Anyway, but no, no, no. I was in. I was in <laughs> Deacon Peter. <laughs> I, was, I was in. I was in a church actually, and the prophet was saying something like, he, he literally said this. If I say something and you don't understand, because the Bible says, and he he took loads of things straight out of context. The Bible says believe your prophet so you don't have to understand it you don't have to read the word if I said it take it that's, yeah, it. that's your prophecy <laughs> I, I was sitting there like no no but I couldn't say anything uh, I mean I could have said something but I didn't say anything but I felt grieved within me and it wasn't because like he's not offended me in any way but obviously that's how God was feeling in that in that environment um, and that's what I was made aware of so I feel like God's presence in certain situations can be 
reflective of his thoughts on those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in those instances, you might feel different to if we're worshipping. I don't think... If we're genuinely worshipping, we're genuinely engaged, and God is happy with us, or people are being saved and heaven is rejoicing, and you're made aware of his presence in that sense, you'll be made aware of his joy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if we're somewhere where sin is abounding, obviously there's grace, and grace superabounds there, but you'll be made aware of how much those things be. I think I need to add as well... Um, to kind of draw a link between what I said and what Peter said, um, it, it will always—it's like in, when I said um, God doesn't cast a shifting shadow and stuff. We need to grow in recognition of God and who He is and His attributes. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of in coming into God's presence, knowing that God is a just God. He's righteous. He can't stand sin. If we're in a sinful place and we feel God's presence. Fam, he's not pleased with you. Mm. <laughs> if you're committing sin and you feel God's... He is not pleased with you. It's probably your conscious cleansing. And that's, that's when it comes to... And it's a case of knowing that mm. God, God will be consistent with his revelation in the word. How he's revealed himself in the word. So if he's, if he's revealed himself as a holy God, which he has, doesn't like sin and this and that, and then you feel God in the midst of that orgy. And you're like, I feel God. I feel God's just presence. Just an example, you know. It was just an example. Uh, I feel, why do you want my glasses? I felt God's presence in this orgy. That means he must be telling me to continue. No, you haven't read your word. You don't I, understand what you're I've saying. I've read about a couple who are swingers. These are their Christian swingers. Yes. Taking God's word through sexual encounters. Right. <laughs> I was like, do you even read your Bible? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of reading your Bible, mm. like, I know like a lot of people in church, they don't read, read their Bible as, as much as they should. This is an unfortunate truth. Yeah. I think it's like 90% of us. Yeah. Because mine fluctuates. I'll, I'll admit, like, mm. sometimes I'll be... Bible plan every day. Mm. Summertime, nothing. <laughs> so, do you think it's not easier, but can you feel God's presence if you have no idea what His Word says? It's harder. Or can you be, be 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 made aware of God's presence if you never spend any time in the Word? Of course. Yeah. God can work in any yeah. way, but do it's you know, definitely harder. I would say. Abraham. <laughs> he had no scriptures at that time he had no scriptures wasn't and it's a case of like we've seen in the Old Testament time after time when Abraham and Sarah went to different places and God visited the kings in dreams and different ways and they, to knew. It. And they, they knew it was God like a donkey felt God's presence a donkey saw the angel of the Lord when Balaam was transporting Balaam to, to go curse the Israelites and it's a case of like, I believe God can manifest himself to anyone. And even, even if you do read your Bible, you can have the wrong understanding of the Bible. And God can reveal himself to you and change that, um, that understanding. Point in case, Paul. He was persecuting the church on his way to Damascus to go kill, the, kill believers. And God met him there and changed his perspective. So there's always that sense of literally God is God like he can manifest himself to anyone and almost always there's a purpose in him manifesting himself um, yeah I think I think that said it's as, as Ade was saying it's difficult because you know the Bible also says to test the spirit mm-hmm. um, and, and so if you're receiving some revelation or not revelation but if you're receiving some 
spiritual experience and you have no basis to test it by mm-hmm. I could um, be a demon. <laughs> literally, you the know, devil literally. comes as, as an angel of light. So. You know, and there's a testimony, and there's two different testimonies. There's a testimony of one guy who was a gangster or something, and he was smoking and like high, and then he heard God's voice in those moments. Um, turns out it was true because he became a he became a um, a preacher. In, you know, the fruits of his words have people come to know God. But then there was also another woman who was working in a prophetic ministry and <laughs> uh, she'd been working in that ministry for a while doing whatever she was doing uh-huh. and then she went to she, was doing. she met with this guy who was also a prophet and God told him to look at who the lady was following turned out she was following like a demon in the appearance of a like obviously in the spirits sorry like open his eyes spiritually to look at who the lady was following spiritually turns out she was following a demon mm-hmm. and it's literally you know she'd been following that demon thinking it was god thinking it was god as in yahweh mm-hmm. um not knowing it wasn't so i think it's it's dangerous to to, to try and do things without the word when the word is the physical thing that's been given to mm-hmm. us um authenticated by god as a guide, it's it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous thing to try and experience God outside of. The world. But then, what, you were saying before that, um, like your understanding of 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 the word can be wrong. So what happens if it if that's the case, and there's like no one to correct you, and then you're feeling God's presence? I feel like there will come a time where God will work to correct you. Plus, the Holy Spirit Himself is our teacher. So, yeah. if you read like it's. You can't, I, I can't say, you know, sweepingly, this will always happen. Oh. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. We've had situations, and I've had, you know, right here we're learning new things about the word. So I've had that word since I was however many years old, and I'm learning something new today. So the, I think, as, as I said, God will always find oh. a way to bring you to correct understanding if you are receptive to it, looking to Him. And what I would actually say as well, if you are constantly looking to man for teachings and corrections in terms of the word, there's an issue. Mm. What do you mean? You should be looking to God. Now, if God chooses to use man, which he normally does, cool. But, be, is it Acts 11? Acts 17. Acts 17, 11. Be a Berean. Let me just check. Even if, <laughs> even if the person is like, yo, like, I have studied the word for 25, since I was born, like, I was in the word. And he's telling you, this is what this means. Be a Berean. Study yourself. Check out what the person's saying. And pray that God brings you to the, to the truth and the knowledge of mm. what his word is saying. If we're just relying on man to give us correct teaching, then we have, we, we have an issue. Because Jesus said himself, call no man teacher. For the Father will send you one who will teach you. I might be slightly misquoting it. But um, the emphasis was, do not place all your hope and faith on man to teach you, but rather look to God. And I find good, genuine teachers will point that out. Yeah. In as much as they're teaching you, they will point out to you, go and study, you know, go and study your word. Go and, go and uh, don't, don't just take it because it's <laughs> Yeah. You need to take it away and seek confirmation mm-hmm. for yourself because at the end of the day, God reveals Himself to everybody in their own way. So you can never, I, well, from my personal opinion, is that I don't think you can look at somebody and say, ah, uh, God didn't reveal yourself, reveal Himself to you like that because you don't know what yeah. God has. That, that everybody has their own relationship with God, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like 
you can't really judge <laughs> what God is doing for somebody or how he's communicating to them. Mm. Mm. Um, and even I'll even go as much as saying, even if a prophet says something to you, <laughs> mate, even, especially mm. I mm. prophesy over your life, <laughs> you by fire, by force. <laughs> You shall inherit that range of... Just put the Bible there. <laughs> put the Bible above your head so that block... If, if it's good, it will filter good ones too. <laughs> Just be like, God, like, re- really, is this your, really, is this your word, God? If it is your word, Maybe if it's not your word, just just mm. knock it off. I'm starting to think Will has a problem with prophets. <laughs> no, no, do, do you know what it is? I've seen, I've seen it happen wrong so much. And because I've seen it happen wrong so much, I've seen it throw shade and doubt on those who are actually prophets and those who are actually operating rightfully in, in the gift and I've got it wrong myself and it's a case of it's taught me to always rely okay. on God as much as I can and to always double check when someone tries to give me a prophecy to, do, to like go back to God and be like alright cool God you know what I'm not going to hold on to this just because they said it I'm, I'm going to wait. If, it's, if it is a prophecy, one of the tests of a prophecy is if it comes to pass. <laughs> so, uh, you said two months ago that I'll be pregnant by now. I've been sleeping around, but I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Derek Minor. Derek Minor says um, in one of his songs, I go to church and the pastor says that um, I'm going to be out of debt. My mum's not going to be having any slack, but these times I'm at home and I'm unemployed. So how is that going to happen? And it's, it's, it's like, yes, he said it in a song and he's just giving a scenario, but it happens. Mm-hmm. So we always need to test the spirit. The Bible tells us to test the spirit mm-hmm. and to test every prophecy, not the prophet per se, mm-hmm. but test the prophecy. In the New Testament, it says test the prophecy. But in the Old Testament, if you're a false prophet, hey, I will stun you <laughs> to death. That's for you. Um, that I actually read today before you told me what the topic was. So it's actually crazy. This is, but the concept is a bit different. Second Corinthians four, um, seventeen to eighteen. No, let's just go eighteen. So it says, "So fix your eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is temporary, since is what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal." So it's like. If you're looking at everyday people and thinking, oh yeah, these are the people that I need to see my confirmation from, like that's not where you need it yeah. from. You need it from the true ultimate creator mm-hmm. at the end of the day because that's where it's coming from. I think one thing that probably needs to be addressed more is the practicality of the spirit. Not necessarily the spirit in a practical sense or thinking, but the practicality is the fact that God's spirit is real and the, the, you know, the ideas and the concepts and the wonderful things we see in the Bible are real mm-hmm. and are things that we should be experiencing. The walk in the spirit is not just a, it's not just a, a term, it's actually something that, you know, we should be doing more often and if we're not, if our, if our theology restricts us to this pastor or to this set way of thinking that eliminates any experience of God in his supernatural form, then we need to be start, we need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ask questions. Yeah, to the Bible. Go go and read the Bible. Ask questions to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what you said as well, the practicality of the spirit. In the sense of um, for some people that I've come in contact with, saying no names. Um, <laughs> they are so they're like 
uber spiritual, uber. Mm. Where it's like they, to a degree, by their actions, they negate the physical and the tangible workings of God in, in a situation and it being supernatural. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of God is going to provide for you. And unless God rains down money in my front room, mm-hmm. I don't see it as God's provision. Mm-hmm. Whilst God's provision could literally be him leading you by the spirit to apply for the job mm-hmm. that you need to apply for at the right time and speak in the right way mm-hmm. to get that job and have a su- sustained income coming in. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, oh, I, I just got a job in it. But you don't necessarily see that it was God that supernaturally led you to that job. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a sense, there's a practical sense in which the spirit works. Mm-hmm. And as Christians trying to walk in the spirit, we need to understand that it was by the voice of God that everything natural was created. Mm-hmm. So God created everything natural. And as much as yes, it's in a fallen state, but it was created by God and God still has his hand in this world. And he is able to work supernaturally through the natural and we need to recognize that in the operating of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, um, yeah, God can answer prayers supernaturally using very natural and tangible means. Mm. And we still need to recognize that, yo, this still was the movement of the Spirit. Mm. I see that in the Bible, if you look at books like Ruth, books like Esther, yep. mm. don't see nothing supernatural, mm. but everything just seems to fall into place mm-hmm. exactly at the right mm-hmm. time. Even even uh, even supernatural things like Elijah having the fire come down mm. uh, thingy. Someone pointed out that it could literally coincidentally, or we would see it now and say it was just a comet that or a meteorite that came and then hit the ground. But you can see God would have set that meteorite mm-hmm. in motion somewhere mm-hmm. off however many light years ago, and it would come to that exact point. You know, it's not coincidence; it's God, but. He uses physical means, or he can use physical means mm-hmm. to, to do those things as well. Yeah. I remember someone pointed out, sorry, just one more little story. Someone pointed out that the idea of the Israelites and Moses walking through the Dead Sea, mm-hmm. the Dead Sea, not the Red Sea. Red, I think, I, I always confuse it. It's the, Red, it's the Red Sea, but I think they walked across the Dead Sea and then walked through the Red Sea, I can't remember. But I know that they're quite close. Yeah, well, walking through the sea. Someone said, oh, at that time, um, it might have been shallow enough for them to actually just wade through. And then a girl pointed out, not a girl, but a story pointed out that, okay, if that's the case, then God also had to have been involved to make um, Pharaoh's soldiers remain (laughs) drowning in something that they could have waded through. Mm -hmm. So it's like, whichever way you want to to split it, God still does something. To add to what you're saying, sorry, to add to what you're saying, the Bible actually says that he caused the gust yeah. to part it. Mm. Mm. And it's a case of, let's, let's literally look at the wind. Right. It yeah. is so fickle. Mm. It doesn't stay constant. For the wind to stay const- constant, for a whole nation to walk through mm. on dry land, it, it's amazing. Because that, that, will, that will take some time for a whole nation to cross the river. Mm come to the other side and then by chance the wind stopped and it's like even in terms of the, the 
the plagues. Mm. He was like, he caused the gust which brought along the locusts mm. and caused the gust which caused this. Mm. And the quails, when they were in the, in the wilderness, mm. and they were like, God said, I'm going to give you flesh to eat. He, the gust. And it's just like, God is using physical and tangible things to provide supernaturally. Mm. And they recognized it. They recognized that, yo, like, this is God. Like, how can you strike a rock and a water comes up? How can you put a rod down and it turns into a snake? In all fairness, the other people did that as well. And that's this is what I find very striking. Mm. Um, when people are like, oh, you need to look for those who signs and mirror wonders are following them. Mm. Nah, nah. No, all the time, no. Test the spirit. Yeah, not all the time signs and wonders. Because like, every, most of those things that Moses did, the Egyptian people were able to mimic it. Yeah. And I like the fact that the Bible doesn't say it was a trick. The mm-hmm. Bible says, yeah, the Egyptian guys also did it. But <laughs> Moses is a snake, yeah, there was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. You're going to do that? All right, cool. I'll show you the mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. How much time do you have? You kind of wavered it, but if we're going according to me, we're at minus three minutes in. Okay. Um, so you've gone past? Yeah. Oh, okay. We do what we want, innit? <laughs> All right. You know, I was going to say, just to see on the other side, even though we did say it is difficult, I feel like it is, you need to respect the fact that even though it's difficult, like, difficult for us is easy for Amen. God. Like, there's no Amen. there's no difficulty with what God can do. God can do anything. So he can reveal to somebody his presence without them having any understanding of the word or any mm-hmm. of the word. But at the same time, you don't want to... If you're somebody who hasn't had any word in your life and then you're thinking God's like you wanna then go and test it. Yeah. Like you wanna have some sort of confirmation. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anything's possible with God, but at the same time you don't wanna just take anything as yeah, yeah this must be God. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well what's your question? Any question? Don't ask it. Okay. No, no, it's just a small question. Just just I uh, just wanna ask how how we individually find God manifesting his presence in our lives and what that looks looks like to us personally but I think personally I've kind of already answered it because I talked about being in a place where I felt God's presence and he was grieved but being in places where I felt God's presence and he's happy been places where for me God's presence was a comforting and reassuring kind of thing kind of feeling um, there also been places where it's kind of like a motivation like go kind of like oh. you can do whatever so it's manifesting in different ways for me, um, based on where I am and, and what God is saying at the time. Um, again, yeah, for me, it, it's again, it, it's it's kind of like similar to what Peter was saying. Um, so I'll be in one thing. One thing that tends to characterize whenever I feel God's presence is I start to see how insignificant I am in comparison to him. Mm. And I start to kind of recognize the grandness of God. And then I'm starting to recognize that, yeah, he still loves me. So there's that transition of like, wow, God is so grand, he's so holy. I am nothing. Yeah, he still loves me. So there's, there's that recognition. Um, recently, he's been moving me towards just being still and appreciating that whether I can feel him or not, he is here. Mm. Whether 
people might say I, I had gold dust on my hand, whether I have that or not. People say I've, I've had angel feathers dropping down, whether I have that or not. People will say I saw light, I've, I've seen light, but it's just a case of whether I have that or not, he is here. His, his, his word says that he, he is here. And just appreciating that, yo, irrespective of what is seen or what my physical senses can sense, God's presence is here. And I need to acknowledge him even when I don't sense him. Know that well, that God is here. Um, I think it depends on your, your calling as well. So for like an evangelist, you might feel God's presence when walking past someone, indicating that God wants you to talk to him. It could be different. It could be God actually, you hear God's voice, I want you to talk to this person. And if you're um, a teacher, you could prepare your sermon and everything. You get up to the pulpit about to preach, you feel God's presence saying, yo, I don't want you going to Matthew, I want you to be speaking our Psalms. So it depends on that there is a reflection of your gifts sometimes in the way that God kind of manifests his presence to you. Um, so usually for me it's, um, it would be like in small settings, small church gatherings or small gatherings of believers where we're worshipping and stuff. And then God will start like dropping words for different people. Um, and sometimes it was just the, I just get a thought and then it was actually good. But in terms of a tangible presence, currently that's what he's doing now. Just making me sit down, be still and know that he's God. Whether I feel him or not, know that he's God. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ali? Um, I'd probably say a bit similar to what Mo was on about with regard to like just feeling it not necessarily feeling it but maybe like uh, you hear a word or you just read the Bible and like or you're in reflection so I find times where I've prayed about something maybe a month ago and then I'm reading the Bible like now and I'm like ah you know what that actually relates back to that point that I asked you about God or that thing that I was struggling with and I needed confirmation on and or maybe it's just a time just literally just sitting after praying and just just thinking about whatever or trying to just keep my mind still mm. and then someone just comes like oh is that what you were trying to say mm. kind of thing so um yes yeah, it's not for me it's not usually a feeling but it's more of like a just a reflective kind of oh. revealing what about you Rob? is it when you see like a extending looking babe it's <laughs> like wow god can do some crazy things i wish <laughs> but no um slowly that's lost <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, it's in, it's most visible or tangible in two separate places. Sundays during our praise and worship sessions, yeah. like there'll be times when you can see when like you can feel that the congregation is is one in the presence of God, mm. like when they're singing and just. Yeah, the atmosphere just feels a bit different. And sometimes it's just not there. And then. <laughs> sometimes you're struggling. Ezekiel versus dry bones. And you know what, yeah? <laughs> it, it's so true. Like, <laughs> just, just, just jump in. It's uh, second. You can suddenly you can hear, this guy has a voice. Like, they have, their voice is there. Like, they could win competition. But there's no spirit. There's nothing. It's like, I might just watch the performance. And like, oh, what's going on? Uh, like sometimes, yeah. you can, sometimes like, it's like the harmony's off, the yeah. music is not right, but like we're there and yeah. we're pressing into yeah. presence and it's yeah. beautiful. That's that's that's. Yeah. And then like, as part of the worship team, when the congregation is not on it, it's just still <laughs> the moralizing. 
it's so sad. But then, um, another time, what I've been what I've been finding is actually for for me to say this, I need to retract a statement I made <laughs> a few podcasts. Oh, sad oh, Yes, I've come to the realization that <laughs> I'm not a good poet. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, modesty. <laughs> no. I've come, I've come to the, the realization that I'm not a good poet. But in jobs, I'm a great poet. No, no, no. <laughs> Rather, I have great inspirations, which okay. yeah. Um, and I've been finding that since I've been spending more time with God, I've been able to write poetry too good, mm. which is something I've never been able to do before. Mm. <laughs> and it's always and. It's always in those times when, like, I'm feeling his, his presence, and it's almost like I feel vulnerable enough to be open with him mm. about stuff, and then it comes out in poetry, mm. and that's and then I just feel like a peace knowing that I'm somewhere safe where I'm just allowed to be me as much as I want to be me. And then the poetry comes out. Let's hear that. Do I have to re- retract and be going change the name of that podcast? No. I made a podcast called like Robert's a good poet or something yeah. like that. Like, that podcast. You can just change it. Robert thinks he's a good poet. <laughs> no, 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 no. People still say I'm a good poet in it, so I will. I will look at the gas and just coming back just straight away. <laughs> no, you gotta be confident in your own ability. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then they, if you if you can't think you're good, then nobody will think you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then then you need to go back to why do you do your poetry? Like, is it to appease other people? Is it to? It's to entertain people. I'm still an, an entertainer, people. I, I want people to enjoy themselves from my poetry mm. that hasn't changed mm. um, I know we've kind of run over time 56 yeah. i got a question hey. you actually wrote this question in the thing um, and I think we've all kind of touched on it to different um, degrees should we or does God only manifest himself or his presence within a church setting should we only feel his presence within the church and if not um like so it's, it's 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 the notion of sacred and secular um not necessarily how can his presence be beneficial in the, in the secular um that's that's just a dumb question but um a sense of like do you feel good in the, in the day-to-day like literally just on the train going to work um would you like to um and yeah, just what, should it happen or should it be kind of like reserved to a church setting? Um, uh, I was actually going to say this earlier on, but felt I shouldn't say it at the time. <laughs> because the one, one, one time that I felt God's presence was, I was on my way to, I can't remember if it was uni or somewhere, but somewhere I had to go past, go through Victoria. And I was walking through Victoria and, you know, anyone that's been in London, Victoria knows how fast-paced it can be. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's just zooming about. And God was literally like, just stop, just chill, mm-hmm. stop. And so I had to, like, just stop. And he wanted me to look at the ceiling because I've never seen Victoria's ceiling before. Dude, I haven't actually looked at the ceiling myself. It's like, there's never been time to, like, you never think about it. You're too busy dodging people. <laughs> um, so, so I looked at the ceiling and I looked at the ceiling just, like, stayed still for a second. And then... Like looked around, like God was just like look around, and I was looking around, I was just seeing people, uh-huh. seeing. I remember seeing one guy like um, 
earrings, like metal pointed out of every part of his face, tattoos, walking past, some guys and business guys, some girls, and it's like, God pointed out to me, he loves all these people. Like, Christ died for, I know, you know, the Calvinists, no, not Calvinists, special election, or double election, or whatever, <laughs> might not say, but Christ died for all these people. Um, and he loves all these people, but they don't know him. Yeah, are you selling shots? Slightly, right? <laughs> like, I apologize, but, but like, um, you know, God loves all these people, and in that moment, I felt like a, like just an overwhelming kind of love. Like, he wants, like, he wants to know all these people, and like, I'm looking at them like they're nothing or like whatever. Cool. But God loves these people, and it was somewhere where I wouldn't normally associate I wouldn't associate God's presence with me rushing to wherever I was going so I think God's presence can be felt anywhere and everywhere and it probably should be um, but it, it's are we, are we in tune with the spirit and I think we should make the effort you know labour to enter into the rest or labour to avail yourself to God's spirit and to his promptings from, from my point of view anyway I feel like definitely that God's presence can be felt in a, in a secular setting and which is important it's because <laughs> because those secular settings are the only times you're going to be, be in contact with these people that need to hear about Christ mm. or see Christ through the way you present yourself mm. because you, they're not going to see you at church because they never come to church they're not going to come to these conventions because they're not going to pay £10 I, I, I wouldn't even pay £10 <laughs> <laughs> that's a podcast for another day <laughs> yeah for real, you know, for, that is a podcast for a long time. I've I've heard of pastors who charge their own congregation to come to their own church for a conference. Kind, another day, another day. But yeah, so yeah, his presence is definitely needed for us to be able to to, to minister to these people that need to hear about mm-hmm. him. I think another thing before I day and then more community, we are carriers of his presence as well. Mm-hmm. Like wherever I go. I am the temple of, of God. Like I am carrying God's presence. So even if I'm in the worst sort of situation, as I'm led, <laughs> God's presence is there by virtue of the fact that I am there. Does that makes sense. I'm carrying God's presence. We're called to be a light. We're called to be a light. You know, to be seen. Yeah, yeah, and and a light. Someone described it as most Christians nowadays are just lights amongst lights. In the sense, of we love talking to the church. We love making noise in church. But we're not actually talking to the people that need Christ, you know. Yeah. Like I said, the church isn't supposed to be a museum for saints. It's supposed to be a church for, um, a hospital for the for the dying. Mm. So, you know, we, we need to take the God's presence into those secular areas um, and represent him there as well. Um, not too much to add from me, just, uh, yeah, just to, you know, second what you guys said, that God's presence, I, I think to limit... Well, to say that God's presence can't be manifested anywhere is to limit God and to put like Him in a box and say, no, He's only for church. Mm-hmm. That one Sunday a week, God mm-hmm. is open to work through us every single day, wherever we are, wherever we're doing. Mm-hmm. Within, you know. Mm-hmm. You gonna round that one? Yeah, um, I'll definitely agree with what pretty much. Scotia. <laughs> I'll agree with what pretty much everyone has said in terms of. You shouldn't be limited to the church. Um, biblically, the church is a gathering of, of believers. Um, so, literally, if you're walking through um, Victoria, mm. you are the believer walking through there. You should be able to walk and carry the presence of God. Um, she's tired. Um, I do believe that 
this this is this is God's earth, in as much as um, Peter shaking his head. I thought it was simple to me. No, no, no. I was telling you to say, I was like, bro, he's like, so much serious. Not God's earth. In as much as like the system upon which the earth operates right now is very much dictated by the devil. Um, it is God's earth. And if his presence is everywhere, his presence should be able to be manifested everywhere. And we are, if his spirit dwells in us, as Peter was saying, we should be carriers of that manifest presence everywhere. Um, so yeah, I believe there is a need. There, there is a need for God's presence to be manifested everywhere. For his glory to be seen. Um, let your light so shine that people may see and give glory to God who's in heaven. Yeah. So I do see that there is a need for it. Um, I, I feel as though we might be the hindrances <laughs> for us not feeling his presence everywhere. And, and it's, I say it not from a position what? of I've got it right. Mm. I feel I am it. I want to feel God's presence mm. everywhere. I want to carry that tangible presence in terms of like um, Christ said as I am in the Father um, so will I be in you uh, if, if I caught that right um, <laughs> but it's a case of it's like Christ carried God's presence everywhere he went yeah. to the point where like people touched the hem of his garment without him none of that and like touched the hem of his garment healed and it's just like he was just walking in the presence of God you know oh time but <laughs> you know when like people are having wrestling matches to, to release demons I find it offensive like uh, sometimes like <laughs> like Christ would speak with authority to the demon you know like there was there was like a respect there why are you now you are sweating just as much as a person being exercised. Like, I'm like, um, oh. And the demons still don't rate your life. <laughs> you know, I, I get, you know, you've got the demons that are like, yeah, Jesus and Paul, we've heard of them, but who are you? But that's the thing. <laughs> but he, he had absolutely no, like, he didn't even know Christ. He said, by, the, by Christ who Paul preaches, I cast you up. Who are you, though? Like, who are you? Big man take, who are you? Yeah, I get those situations, yeah. But like, where you've got full-on preachers I feel like and probably because I come from a Pentecostal setting I don't know Salvation Army or you know Anglican I don't know if you guys see that as much Um, but you know we have the lay hands and it's like are you trying to choke slam them like Undertaker Mm. or what's going on right now you know I've had the situations where I've had pastors pushing my head back I'm I'm not going nowhere no no do you know what yeah I had a pastor push my head yeah I I stiffened up I stiffened up yeah and then he said don't let the devil make you resist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What do you mean, devil? What? Oh you know, it's like sometimes, and then again, I've also had the you know you you still have the laying of hands, and you feel you feel God's mm-hmm. power, you feel there's genuineness here, and they don't have to you know try and then put you down. But it's like you know those kind of things. You know, I see that was just a digression. Sorry, I apologize. It's okay. a little thing I had to get off my chest. Well, I'm pretty sure we'll be continuing this conversation after we finish, but we need to <laughs> Next finish. Next time, <laughs> how do you exercise the demon? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, just come out. <laughs> 
Thank you guys for listening. Mm. Thank you for Adi for coming on. Thank you. Can, so can I just say, yeah, mm. Adi listened to the podcast every single week yeah. from the very beginning, from the very <laughs> first one. Thank you, brother. This These times I haven't even listened to one. And he says hey. it proudly with a smile on his face <laughs> every single time. Obviously. Like he says he listens and someone asks him, oh, so this episode, what did you guys say? <laughs> Do you know what? Most of the time, I should be able to remember because that's because you've been part of it. Yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Nah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Bro, man. You know, I appreciate the work that God is doing for you guys. Like honestly, this I feel like there's something good you've got going. So yeah, nah, I just sure. say, just keep keep it going. It's amazing to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to partners around for yes, the intro and outro music. Mm. Shout out to Calvin Turner for the audio amazing logo. Yeah. You can find us on all, all good podcasting sites and mm-hmm. the Blacksmith's Furnace. If you can't find us there, they're not good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, there you go. That's it, right you there. can find us on the Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace with no apostrophe. On Twitter, at the Furnace UK. At us. <laughs> we won't see it anyway. <laughs> I, I, I see it, I see it, I see it. I've got a Twitter. I've actually got a Twitter. Has anyone added us? I tweeted once, like three weeks ago. So I'm gonna be doing it more, but nah, like tweet, like especially if you got questions, if you got comments on yeah, stuff that we wrong. said, yeah. if you got stuff wrong, uh, or if you got stuff right, and you're like, yeah, please. Um, you Let can me. email us at tbsfurnace@hotmail.com. Um, is that everything? Have you been getting fan mail? Because you've been. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You know what? Yeah, I have one person say he's a fan. Um, Ayo. Mm-hmm. Ayo confessed that he's. You know what? Yeah. A fan, What's gonna What's gonna happen is, mm. I'm like God's gonna humble me, and then I won't <laughs> care about the, the fan mail, and, and that's when I start yeah. pouring in, yeah. which is so unfair. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, so unfair. that's what it has to be, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Nancy Nancy meets came out on Sunday. Nancy meets uh, first episode. We we speak to. I can release the name now. Ify Alexis Osai, uh, who actually went to uni with all of us. All of us. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh we went to the same uni. Yeah. Well. We, you met you met Ify. Right? Yeah, we we met. I Ify. didn't meet Ify. More than meet Ify, but yeah, I no. forgive you, Ify. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a great conversation. Um, I've hinted at it earlier on that I've been working on this. Uh, first episode out on YouTube. Her Walk TV. Her Walk TV is the channel, um, and it's just Nancy Meets. If you if you search Nancy Meets, I'm sure you, you should find it. Yeah, um, YouTube Nancy Meets. Nick YouTube, YouTube, Nancy YouTube. Meets. So. I'll put it on the ordinary amazing as well. Um, so you can go on there to have a look as well if, if you want to. Cool. Um, yeah. Any other shout outs? Adi, do you have any handles you want to throw out there? I'm not uh, Twitter. I Facebook, but I barely ever use it. You know what? Because, <laughs> in fact, the other day I saw a message from somebody that I got like two months ago and I was like, rah. <laughs> I just replied, I was like, sorry, sorry, like, I just saw this now. It's not replying. <laughs> hmuseh.wordpress.com and at hmuseh for insta shout me um, pictures whatever as I said for all you listeners obviously quote blacksmith furnace alright alright I won't give her a discount I was going to give her a discount but my daughter was like no it's cool oh yeah that everything you about yourself for the events? Oh, uh, no, that's not out yet. Hold oh, on, I apologize, apologize, apologize. My time has not come. Hey. <laughs> Just see. But, when's your again? I'm starting a new project soon. I'll tell you about that. 
the bit. So if all you all you guys about to get married, I know that this in African churches everyone is hot on the search of a wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let me let me come close to the mic. Yeah? <laughs> everyone is hot for a wife. Yeah. So if you have found bay, if you have found your rib, if you have found flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, yeah? if you have found this treat. woman, if you have found her, yeah, just give it to me, is it? <laughs> mud, mud said, pass your bay on to Robert. Mud, if you have found this person, just holler Robert, he'll plan your wedding for you. It's car, it's car. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> that wasn't going to do what I was expecting. I was hoping. Probably it's a plug. It's a plug. Yeah. It's a plug. But yeah, um, thank you for listening. Share, like, leave some comments. If you want to come onto the show, let us know. Come down, join the conversation. Um, interesting stuff happening at the end of the year, hopefully. Yeah. Sure. We'll be sick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. <laughs>